I will give thanks to thee, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to thee among the nations. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Of the walking pilgrimages that are well known to Christians, of course, the Camino de Santiago de Compostela is most famous. The pilgrimage to Canterbury as well. Some Christians know about and visit some of the holy sites associated with St. Patrick. There is a 22-mile walking pilgrimage from Ballantubber Abbey through the fields and farms, hills and roads, until Crowpatrick, which is that famous mountain just on the southern edge of the harbor of Westport, famous for the last Sunday of July, Reek Sunday, when pilgrims ascend Crowpatrick, where, where the saint of Ireland spent many days, many weeks in prayer, especially during Lent. The broken rocks and boulders make for a, a difficult climb. Even more impressive are the, the pilgrims who, who ascend Crowpatrick barefoot. Actually, more impressive are the pilgrims who walk down the mountain barefoot. So one who makes the Tower Porig, which is the 22-mile pilgrimage from Ballantyre Abbey to Crowpatrick, probably, um, probably is shod. It would be um, ill-advised to attempt to cross the, uh, the various farms, um, read pastures, uh, read muddy fields where you don't know if that's mud or, or something else associated with cows. So the, the, the walk to, to Crowpatrick and then up and then down is a, is a glorious experience of pain and suffering. Along the way, if you were to do the Torporg, you would see little, little posts, um, something akin to, to other trails that help the pilgrim know that they're on the right path. It's not very well marked out, and it's not even well described in a, in a, in a book. But you can generally figure out from one post where the, where the somewhat beaten down trail leads. And often it's not a, a symbol or a, um, uh, or, or an arrow that tells you that you're on the right path, but it's a little message. Because frequently along the 22 miles, there's a little post with a little sign that simply says, no whining. And then at other points along the way is another post with a little sign that simply says, Thanks be to God. I, I presume the correct pronunciation is thanks be to God. <laughs> the duty to give the Lord thanks is not for the privileged few who do not suffer. The duty to give thanks to the Lord is for all of us. If we are along the way, the way that leads to heaven, we are certainly suffering. Suffering with hope, suffering with faith, with charity in our hearts. 
In the same way that the Lord says, Woe, woe to that man of whom all men speak well. We might add the curse, Woe to that man who is not suffering and has not a single complaint. And so all of us come to the Lord with a list of things about which we could complain. The prayerful soul will find a way to give expression to everything on our hearts so that God may change it, transform it by his grace. But that good soul will will enter into the Lord's presence immediately with gratitude. Gratitude for being able to be a sinner in the presence of of our Savior, grateful for this privilege, even to pray to him, knowing that he hears us, knowing that he loves us, knowing that he answers us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, in a letter to whom, I don't know, I apologize, but a letter dated March 18, 1542, said, it seems to me, in light of the divine goodness, though others may think differently, that ingratitude is one of the things most worthy of detestation before our Creator and Lord, and before all creatures capable of His divine and everlasting glory, out of all the evils and sins which can be imagined. For it is a failure to recognize the good things, the graces, and the gifts received, As such, it is the cause, beginning, and origin of all evils and sins. On the contrary, recognition and gratitude for the good things and gifts received is greatly loved and esteemed both in heaven and on earth. When the art of the thank you note has escaped our habits, Our prayers before the Lord probably skip the step of gratitude as well. When our thank yous are are mere tokens, checking the box, done so as to avoid blame, we have yet to even begin to understand why we ought to give thanks. And part of it, among dutiful people, may be the recognition that when I do my duty, when I do what I'm supposed to do, I'm not looking for a thank you. I'm not looking for a pat on the back. Even the Lord tells us, the the servant who comes in from the field doesn't tell the master, I'm going to eat now and you can eat later. No, the servant comes in and puts on their apron, and serves the master, and then eats later. But the good servant understands the privilege of being able to serve a great master. A good servant of God understands the utter grace of being able to be given a a will to do a will to understand, a will to love. And the good, wise servant understands that every good thing comes from God. 
And so I not only acknowledge or give credit to someone when they do something for which I thank them, I give honor and glory to God, who's the author of all good. It's an analogous to the prayers at the altar, where when we honor our, our blessed mother, we make it clear that we are honoring God and worshiping God and, and paying homage to her and recognizing the glories that he accomplished through her. We're not simply offering prayers only to her, asking her to intercede for us or giving her honor and love, but ultimately we're honoring her creator, her savior, her redeemer, her divine spouse. And so when we thank each other, we're acknowledging God. Might have something to do with the acknowledgement of graces exchanged when we offer thanks, at least in the Romance languages. It's just interesting to note or to recall, if we're familiar with that, that in some, some cultures, especially in Nepal, where being able to serve someone of a higher state, being able to be in the presence of someone um, who is noble, has created a culture where to say thank you to someone is in fact literally impossible because they don't have the expression. They don't have the expression to thank someone who serves them because they would understand it as an insult. They would understand it as a statement that the person who just served me is doing so ungratefully and unwillingly. And so to thank them per se is to insult them because they're the ones who are grateful. It's hard for us to, to equate that into human terms, but it, it equates perfectly, it equates perfectly to our relationship with the Lord. And so in the first week of the spiritual exercises, St. Ignatius of Loyola teaches us about the examination of conscience, the general examine. And he gives us five points. They include all the usual things that we would expect to account, to ask account of our soul from the hour that we rose up to the present examine, hour by hour or period by period, and first as to thoughts and then as to words and then as to acts. And then we ask pardon of the Lord. And then we have purpose of amendment with God's grace. But these aren't the first three of the five steps. These are steps three, four, and five. Because the first step in making an examination of conscience is to give thanks to God, our Lord, for his benefits. And then we ask him for the grace to know our sins and to cast them out. It makes sense, too, we have some experience of the apology that we, we know we need to do, but we also know that the person who's going to receive the apology is just simply going to make it bitter. It makes it harder to do. How much easier and how much more pleasant is it when, when we already can anticipate the goodness of the person to whom we apologize? 
And so we enter the Lord's presence not standing outside with our faces to the ground saying, Lord, please don't, please don't wipe me out because I'm nothing. But he actually wants us to come a little closer and to first be aware and to acknowledge his goodness and to thank him. And then even to ask his help so that we might know our sins. Our repentance, our acknowledgement of our sins won't even be our accomplishment. It will be a fruit of our openness to God's grace. That he allows us to know what we've done. And he gives us assistance in being sorry for it. We know that our repentance isn't done. Our healing isn't complete without coming even closer into the presence of the Lord. Because his purpose isn't simply to free us from something that ails us and bothers us so that we can go back to an ordinary way of life. He forgives us, he heals us, so that we can enter into a supernatural life and draw closer to the Holy of Holies. Consider how of the ten lepers, nine of them, Jewish, fulfilled the requirements of the law and met with the priests and didn't come back to give thanks. As much as the Samaritans are so frequently in the Gospels offered up as an example of faith, examples of charity, it's also entirely possible that a Samaritan going to a Jewish priest wouldn't have had the satisfaction of knowing that everything's complete. The priest might not even know what to do with a Samaritan coming since they weren't even considered of the same religion, even, they, even though they all attempt to profess the same faith. How much more likely then that the Samaritan would know that something is still wanting to be done. He comes back and he gives thanks, not knowing yet that this is God into whose presence he has come. But he would. And so we turn to the Lord and we ask him to make us thankful. To give us deeper thanks and gratitude. To help us to understand the pattern of the prayers that he's already designed and put on our lips through the church. To give him thanks before we offer repentance. To be so grateful for being forgiven that we resolve never to sin again. And we, with his help and his wisdom, change our lives so that that comes to pass. And that in having offered sacrifice, we don't walk away content, but we only grow deeper in gratitude. We thank him that he has not left us to, to pray to him and to worship him according to our whims. But he instructs us how to pray, how to worship, how to sacrifice, how to love, how not to whine, but to always give thanks to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.